This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John and this week we are talking about Secret Invasion. There is Yay. no enthusiasm in my voice. This one show is definitely a show of all time. You know, it's one of those shows that you just watch and you just go, wow, that is a show. And then you just watch <laughs> it and be like, oh yes, there's some actors and then you go, yep, that is. Um, I think there was a narrative and I definitely experienced something, it. Something happened. It's one of the plots you just watch and go, wow. It's definitely yeah, just... part of the MCU. I've been yes. told. Damn. Well, okay, seriously. Full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. Secret Invasion. Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Okay. Because there is a plot. There is a plot. There, it's there been, is a plot it's been somehow. Set. Nick Fury learns a secret invasion of Earth by a fraction of shape-shifting skulls. Fury joins his allies, and together they race against time to thwart an imminent skull invasion and save humanity. Doesn't that actually sound really interesting? Like the graphic novel. The director didn't read the graphic novel at all. So that really concerned me. Like, Tom, you gave me that graphic novel when it was my birthday. And I really enjoyed that. There was like a really gripping story about, you know, these skulls that are taking over Earth and how long do we know these skulls? And here, this was just a mess. Honestly, it, it was just like trying to be this... I mean, it had a really interesting concept, you know, like this political thriller about these, you know, these scrolls, where they're going to go, and how long have we known about these characters, are these scrolls or not? But then that's just been used for shock value, especially for one moment. For one moment, that it destroys an entire character. I'm like, oh my god. And that's Rhodey. Look, Rhodey. Oh, man. Um, you see, the writing in this isn't that incredible. A great example is Rhodey. Because he's been a scroll entire time since what people have speculated since Civil War or Endgame. Oh. The director even said he thinks. He thinks it's been since Civil War that he's been a scroll. First of all. <laughs> How does the director not even know when it's been? He, he's only speculating too. That's crazy. Second of all, there are so many moments that become so hollow and so pointless after, if it, yes. if it has been since Civil War. I don't understand any of that. Like, it feels like everything in this show is just way too soon. It's too soon to kill Talos before I'd made an actual emotional exactly. bond with him. It's too soon exactly. to show Rhodey as a scroll because we've never got to really see him outside of being defined by Tony Stark. It's yeah. too soon to introduce this tension between Fury and his wife before showing their genuine bond for a extended period. It's too soon to kill Maria Hill. It's all it's, just so... It's too soon to un- kill Maria Hill! Oh my god. Like, I, uh... the, the, they're all ta- they're taking these side characters, characters who have never actually had anything to do, who have never actually had any development on their own, and they are saying to them, right, we're going to explore these characters and half of them they just kill as shock value like even from the opening scene it seemed like martin freeman everett ross is introduced he's a scroll and then he dies and until literally episode six that's it for him and it's like what is the point of that like these things this like, show is the pointless. whole the show is pointless and as you say the whole point of the comic the whole point of the story is who can you trust is it these people that you know 
and that you've learned to trust maybe aren't what they seem. You don't get any of that in this show. There aren't really any times apart from with Rhodey where there are characters who you don't know whether you can trust and characters who you have built that relationship with. The show really tries to lean into this aspect of political tension and of anyone could be a scroll. But really, I didn't think it was ever unclear who was who and where everyone's loyalties lied. That was pretty clear cut to me the whole time. Yeah, I just feel like this show wasn't really clear on the characters and stuff because with Maria Hill, I thought Maria Hill was going to have like this, you know, she's going to return, she's going to be like, you know, a really important character. But that's just been used for, again, what you said about shock value. That's been used for shock value. And I just thought that was just completely wasted potential. She could be, as you said, like an important character. It's just really weird plot choices or developments in the story, especially okay, so I know this is in the graphic novel as well, where the scrolls can also have powers, right? They can manipulate or take powers from other superheroes. In this one, it goes for a really weird direction. One of the characters, Kinkley Benedict, yeah, he was great. He was trying to do his best in this at the end it was going for this like this build-up and this build-up was just for nothing really it was just like oh they just have the powers they have every avengers and guardians's power i just don't understand why that was a thing um, they were doing the whole super scroll thing exactly yeah it was just so odd like i've seen a lot of people talk about how Gaia is now the most powerful character in the MCU and how literally the only way that they're going to be able to handle that in the story is to pretty much nerf her straight away whenever yeah, she appears she's next, if she she's ever reappears. Yeah. Exactly, because there's no real tension to any of that. There's no tension, yes. There was like no real conflict in this. It doesn't feel like a world threat. It has to go to that meme of Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, like, now this is Avengers level threat. And... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This should have been an Avengers level threat. Yeah, really, in the graphic really novel, the scrolls take over the Fantastic Four building and they turn it into a black hole. That's insane. And they take over S.H.I.E.L.D. They take over around the world and, you know, take the Avengers hostage. And it's crazy. Yeah, and that threat felt real the whole time, right? Exactly. Like, it felt like something that could genuinely hurt anyone that you love. And you get to a point when there's this second team of a certain amount of Avengers and you genuinely question, okay, which of these Spider-Men are the real one? You know, which of these two Wolverines are the the real one? And that is genuinely scary. I think the only time in the show when the threat feels real and unique to the Skrulls was episode three, where, you know, we see the Skrulls impersonating a military officer to trigger a nuclear war. I thought that was much more interesting than something like a random bombing in episode one or anything like that. Like, seeing the Skrulls do stuff of their infiltration it's much more compelling than them just impersonating characters who have no impact like we see them all and they're like yes we are all the world leaders and and they form this kind of shadow counselor and it's like oh it's the british prime minister and like these various presidents from around the world what was the point of any of that when we are just told that they have this threat we never really see it and i thought in fairness episode three i thought there was some decent tension and we get really close to a nuclear strike which i thought was interesting i thought at the time okay, we're going to get into a good show now. This is going to be the turning point. And then it continued to be bad. And we get to the point where in the finale, it's just the most generic superhero ending. I saw a tweet about how the Secret Invasion finale is exactly what She-Hulk's finale made fun of. Exactly, yeah. It's just a huge smash and bash with a load of characters, something that's tropey, weightless, visually dull, unearned. And I mean, that tweet is, it's right. Like, it was so underwhelming. Like, the CGI really didn't meld well with 
especially with Gaia and whenever she was using powers. Like there's this one shot of Gaia with Drax's arm. It just looks really, really rough. Yeah, and it just like it's so out of place. It just felt like this idea that you just wrote down ages ago and you're like, this is just terrible. Why why would you combine every superpower into one? And by the way, this is Kevin Feige's idea to have this idea of Gaia having these powers. Yes, yes I heard about what he that. What's he yeah, going on? He, he said like, oh, this is like a rock, paper, scissors situation. Situation. That's what he said. I'm like, what? What? Listen, what Kevin. What are you Kevin, talking about? No one's Kevin, denying that you're. A, you, Kevin. No one's. De- no one's denying that you're a good producer. But maybe leave the actual Stories. writing to yeah. the writers. Well, okay. Like, okay. It, it it felt completely tonally inconsistent with the rest of the show. Like right, it was right, right, hilariously right. bad to the yes. point where I genuinely like kind of started enjoying it. Like it wasn't like Quantumania or The Flash where I just felt like empty and depressed the whole time. I genuinely was actually laughing at the end and maybe that's because it was only like 40 minutes a week instead of two hours at once but yeah i did find myself laughing throughout the show and i'm pretty happy that i didn't binge it because i'm pretty sure my mind would have just broken if i did i binged it i binged it oh dude i'm so sorry died inside i was watching because i mean there were some great scenes with samuel jackson and ben mendelson but just the rest of it i was just like why am i watching this why am i stuck in this endless binge watching of secret invasion i mean the cast list is stacked but man i just suffered like with so many the cast is stacked but they don't do anything with any of the characters exactly like my god we we start off and talos is like i lost my loving wife and i'm like oh Am I supposed to care about that? The whole time, like, Talos and Gaia have this relationship that's really rocky, and they're worried about whose side is Gaia on? Is she really still loyal to her father or not? And really, like, it felt like stuff that should have been built throughout the season and not just there, like, at the beginning. Like, it's almost as if there's been, like, three Captain Marvel films with these characters, and and this was, like, the continuation of that. But no, this is 20 years after Captain Marvel, a movie which I've seen once and I really don't even remember that well. Like, these are just expectations that I feel the MCU are doing so much these days. Yeah, I just felt like I was just being overwhelmed with, like, information. I was like, oh, I don't really remember that because that's in a movie that I haven't seen in ages and I wished we could have got like some new story development for this I mean there is a story and it's like it's new but for the scrolls side to it like the scrolls were you know introduced in Captain Marvel and you get to learn about that story you know like they've been taken and then they have to find a new home so at the end of it here's the strange part right so as you've been watching the MCU this one other movie that really showed that there are scrolls Far from home, you know, at the end with Samuel Jackson and Maria Hill's character was just scrolls the entire time. And it's like, oh, okay, that was used for shock value, I guess. And it didn't really explain much of why Nick Fury was up in the saber that much I, I just felt like that was a bit i don't know i just i just couldn't none of that connect. just like what did that do we have seen exactly yeah talos and... like twice before this and in this one he dies and i didn't feel anything like despite like as you say talos oh, and no. fury have a pretty killed. good relationship and you know there are some good scenes i th- I would say that the, the the show is at its best when the plot is focused on fury and you have those moments with with him and talos and him with his wife but in general i do not care about the characters i just don't and i'm and i think that is what makes this the mcu's worst show by far like okay when we talked oh, about yeah Shulk, even though that show was bumpy, I really liked Jen and her yeah. character. We talked about that. You know, they made me care. I, I cared about Kamala and Miss Marvel. I cared about 
about Steven and Moon Knight. I cared about Clint and Kate and Hawkeye. Like, all these shows are rough at times, but I still cared to some degree, even in small ways. Yeah. I mean, this, I just couldn't give less of a shit. We have some incredible actors given extremely generic dialogue and in some of the most tensionless scenes in the MCU. Even Ant-Man and the Wasp is better at this because at least some of the characters have chemistry. I mean, this really is the bottom of the barrel for MCU shows. Like, the first episode has got so much generic, tough guy dialogue and so many people saying, Fury, you haven't been the same since the blip. And it's like, just from the get-go, this show was just another level of incompetent. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, again, they bring up the blip, but the most annoying thing that we haven't even explored the blip. I mean, we did in Avengers Endgame, but not in the five years period. You know, like, they gave us that really weird five years later thing, and it was hard for me to connect with those characters, like, oh, they've been in the blip, but what about the other characters, you know, being affected by the blip? And then they just go, oh, you haven't been same since the blip, and, you know, I wish there was some story, you know, like, how he felt with Nick Fury or Maria Hill about, like, you know, the blip and how it affected everything. It was kind of, like, what sparked the secret invasion in a way, but it wasn't, you know, really reinforced in a way it was just there like in the background just like you know it's just like kind of a reminder I didn't have any affection at all. I just like, oh, okay, there's some characters there. I don't think that any of the MCU shows or films really do anything with the blip, as you say. I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff that they get into in Endgame, like when Scott comes back and everything's different and he's so yeah. scared and he, and he goes back to Cassie. It's one of the best scenes in Endgame. But you think about the blip, the only thing that we know about those five years, the only thing that we've seen is one flashback in Hawkeye when he's Ronan. And that's about it. I feel like some of the earlier shows kind of did go into that period a little bit. And we get to see some of those consequences and some of the differences in life, like with Falcon Winter Soldier, which I would still say is the best MCU show that shows the flag smashers, people who think that life is better during the blip. And we see that Sam is struggling after the blip financially, like in ways that I think is really something that I can connect to on an emotional level. Not just, oh yeah, Fury was scared. So he went to space. It's like, what? Like, that's what? not really something. Why is he going that... to space? Why is he going like, to space? Yeah. And like this, this show is him. Like he starts coming back to earth and then he ends going back to space. And it's like the only difference is there this no time he's with his wife. There's no arc. Yeah. It's like, it feels like the arc is for his wife and not for him and exactly yeah i feel like yeah. maybe a, a more interesting show would be him in space because space. this show is just a boring earth-based bland uninspired like visually like can i just say this show costs 212 million dollars that's how much the budget is for what has to be the most uninspired and bland mcu show this budget which is only a little bit less than she hulk they didn't take any inspiration at all from the graphic novel i sound like a no like mm, actually they didn't do that i mean Literally, there's no inspiration. It just felt exactly what you just said. Like, it's just bland. It didn't really have anything at all. There was no conflict that you were invested in. It was like, you know, these characters, you know, where are they in their journey? But then you have Nick Fury he just goes up to space because he's scared. That's in the plot development. And you're just like, I don't really care about this anymore. And I feel bad for Amelia Clark because she's been in two shows that are just incredibly terrible in their finale. This is why Amelia Clark needs to return to Star Wars Come and on. do something with Kira. Come on, um, Kira. Yeah, no, no like, yeah, it, it, like yeah. seeing Amelia Clark and seeing 
all the actors in this show, you know, even when it comes to Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn and Kingsley Benadir, as you say, and Olivia Colman, they're all just given nothing to work with. And there's so much in this show. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. Ah. Okay. Before when Nick Fury was talking about his past, the guy in the train, it was just Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson sitting in a train trying to talk about something. It was just nothing. No background music, nothing to build into. You know, the aftermath, you know, like this, oh my God, always lost moment, right? They just go on the train, they go, that's it. They just they just completely go in silence, you know, trying to spark a conversation. And there's no music, you know, like something to swell in with the emotion of like, oh my God, Murray Hill is dead. No, they just go on a train. And there's literally just... nothing in this show yeah. that stands out. There's nothing. The only thing I'm going to remember is that final fight because of how ridiculous it is. But really, this is probably the show, or this is probably the story that has the least impact on the MCU. That's yeah. crazy. Nothing really changes apart from a couple of characters are dead now. Sure, there are things we can explore in the future, and I really hope they do because, you know, this can't have all been for nothing. But it just feels like such a waste of potential and a really boring way to do it. Like a lot of people say that this is a really boring show in the most boring thing marvel has done and really it is because none of it is remarkable none of it has anything to do and the only things that you're going to remember aren't the good things it's all the horrifically bad things and that's not how it should be you know like i think about any of the other shows and i think about the good of them and i i I do remember all the stuff that i really liked in them a lot more than the stuff that i hated and i think that says something at the very least and this is just really disappointing and with that bloody intro that ai intro it's just soul crushing to see. What like... a stupid excuse. What a stupid excuse that was about like, oh, there's, you know, there's AI and there's scrolls, you know, you, you can't tell which was which, you know, <sighs> how they're looking at us. That is the most stupid excuse. You can't use that for being, you know, creative on the show. And this is why there's writer's strike and actor's strike. AI is about to be this, this art that can be generated in seconds or Stuff that could be written in seconds, and it's so terrifying, but it looks ugly. There is no soul. There is nothing to it that can help or benefit creating something. It's just there to be there. It's just like, oh, it's creating something cool. But this, it's just ugly. You watch the intro, and you're just like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this now. You, you just feel off-put about this whole thing. And if that's one of excuses, that's another terrible excuse as well. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that there is a skip intro button because I was taking very good use of that every single time. Yeah, same. Because, like, you know, I think about some of the best comic book show intros, Daredevil, Luke Cage. Basically a lot of the Marvel Netflix ones, they were really cool. But, like, you know, they are amazing. And, and, you know, like, you can tell that there's a lot of vision that's put into these and the way that that those intros reflect what the shows are about and are done in really tasteful ways. Like, I guess this reflects what the show is about, but it's done so tastelessly. And uh, you're right, this is what the strikes are all about. This doesn't come close to something that a real person could make and it shouldn't and the fact that these out of touch businesses and producers aren't paying these writers fairly but are gonna employ people to make ai stuff that's horrible and that's terrifying even netflix right okay going off a bit of a tantrum with this right netflix right they are employing people eight hundred thousand dollars a year to use ai for helping with 
recommendations on Netflix. That is crazy. They are so out of touch. They just don't understand. Like Paramount recently said, we're not going to make any more original films. We're going to make films only focused on IP. That is the most stupid thing I've ever Wait, why? Why? I don't even know. Only IP? What? Yeah, so no no original content. Do they have any idea how IPs even became popular in the first place? I don't understand some of these companies. That is the most zero sense. Thing we're talking I ever about heard. yeah, we're talking about Secret Invasion right now, which is Marvel, which is Disney, and the things that Bob Iger are saying about the strikers being unrealistic is ridiculous. They Back are in, the living 80- in a completely different reality. There's some dedication that goes into art writing or put into care in someone's work. But then there's business owners like Bob Iger. They're just like, we don't really care. We're just going to, you know, wait for the writers strike over. You know, they lose their apartments. That's what he said. One of the business owners, they said, I don't know who it was, but they said, like, we will wait for this writers strike to be over and the writers lose their apartments. That's what he said. Yeah, it's just insane with the business owners. They just, they have no sense of, like, creativity. They're just there for the money. It's literally like Margaret Thatcher in the 80s, you know, letting people lose their jobs and having these huge crises all yeah. for the purpose of, of of what for the government making money and for the the yeah. high ups making think, money the one percent yeah. you know the, these people like it's all it's such a huge problem in the 80s yeah. the heads of the studios were making only 30 times more than their lowest paid worker and that's still quite a lot now it's in the hundreds it's in the 200s even this is just such a huge issue and it does relate to stuff like Secret Invasion. It relates to every single thing because everything has a human element. Every good thing that comes from these shows and these films and all of that is the human element, is is the work of the writers and the actors and the directors and everybody yeah. who deserves to be paid well, deserves to get those residuals and deserves to have this work appreciated. Like, this show doesn't have a whole lot to enjoy, but that does not mean that it's worthy of being replaced by something that is made by a computer. At the end of the day, actors put genuine effort into this. Writers put genuine effort into this. People put genuine effort into it. And I know there's a lot of people out there who really enjoy Secret Invasion and good. People do enjoy all these things that you are getting rid of and butchering and tainting with AI and these things that, that are just a plague. It's horrible. It's horrible, yeah. <sighs> I just can't believe I just binged something that is just so painful to watch. Yeah. We've had a really good run recently with Mission Impossible and Barbie and Oppenheimer, oh. but I guess it had to come to a close at some point, and I guess it had to be Secret Invasion. It's like a story, Tom. You know, there's roller coasters. It's like a, it's like a roller coaster. You know, wow. it's like you know, our life is out. like Secret Invasion for real. <laughs> Exactly. I just slammed, I slammed on the desk, by the way, to show anger, you know. <laughs> um, well, what are you going to give Secret Invasion out of 10? Uh, one. What? Jesus, okay. Uh, I'm I'm going four. Okay, I'm being Thank a bit you. harsh, actually. I'm going to give it three. All right, not bad. Actors try to do something here. Kingsley Benedict, come on, man. He put so much Yeah, I really appreciated this. his performance, especially after watching Barbie. I was oh. like, okay, this guy has range and I appreciate that. And there's a lot of subtleties to his performance that I came to really appreciate, even though I didn't appreciate them at first. I agree with you there. But I think where we are at the moment with the strikes and all of that, even the bad stuff, you see the value in it. And I think that I do, even though we've just been talking about how much we dislike the show, and I did dislike the show, but there's a lot of me that sees the value in things that I wouldn't have before in the actors trying hard in those scenes where the plot does have focus and stuff like that. 
it's been such a weird whiplash for me, you know, to binge watch Secret Invasion because I was watching a different show. And that was a really good show, by the way. It was called Jujutsu Kaisen. It's just an anime show. That was really good. But then I had to watch Secret Invasion. I was like, no, I'm you were stuck just... in this spiral you were... of terrible. No. You were just having a great time. And then I called I you. Was and I was vibing. I was having to watch I was it. having the time of my life. I was like. Oh, hell yeah. Gojo. That's that's sick. I've had worse. 40 minutes a week. Not too bad. For me, it, it made it better than some of the other bad stuff we had this year. But yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like to listening on YouTube, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And you can send us an email at arsenefilmpod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on what whatever we do next week i don't know what it is but you can tell us you know ask us ask us a question ask us any questions and answer it right here on the podcast next week and Um, you can i might actually insert what we're doing next week when i figure it out so here's me saying what what we're doing next week elemental wow wow thank you and you can thank future tom Tom. wow he really has all of his shit together and you can follow us on instagram at alstein film pod to see our incredible thumbnails from zayn axel on twitter for more thoughts from me and tiktok to see edited clips which are also on instagram reels and youtube shorts and you can find links to all that in the description below thanks to aljo's mayor for the excellent theme and ronan billups for vocals as always and i think that is everything yeah yeah take what you're giving yes back goodbye goodbye